Welcome to Invitations to Play, Learn, Grow, the podcast. I am your creative solutions creator and professional mess maker. And this week, I want to talk about sensory processing and how we can use play to engage sensory processing in learning. I engage every topic, every subject, every skill, every challenge through play. Play is the way that children learn most naturally. And by incorporating learning into their play experiences naturally is going to engage them in the learning process, making learning new information or building new skills or overcoming certain emotional, social, or skill-oriented challenges much easier. And so that's what I want to talk about today. So that is the question. Does play build intelligence? Are our kids or our students becoming smarter as they play? I believe that the answer is yes, because we know that children learn most naturally through play, through experiences. So therefore, it is natural to conclude that yes, play does make them more intelligent. Play allows them to experience ideas experience questions, experience and explore emotions. And they do this as they build play around things that they are curious about or things that they have experienced or things that they need to build skills around. So yes, I do believe that play builds intelligence. You can therefore tie sensory processing and any other skill or process of understanding into a play experience. And that's what I'm going to go into in this episode this week. But first, I want to give you a tip to get you started on this path. So as you engage more and more with kids and kids of different skill levels, kids of different uh, levels of understanding around certain subjects, you're going to realize that some kids may seek out sensory experiences and seem like they can't get enough sensory experiences and or 
you're going to notice that you are surrounded with kids who avoid sensory experiences. And believe it or not, you can equally engage both with play because you can set up play experiences, whether they be science experiences or gross motor experiences or art experiences or dramatic play experiences. You can either set up these experiences that involve lots of sensory and lots of sensory learning experiences, or you can use those areas to limit the amount of sensory and sensory experience, introducing it little by little so as to make kids more comfortable with the experiences and sensations that come along with sensory. So when we build play and learning experiences for children, we always use lots of tools depending on what the goal is of the activity that we are building. What idea are we trying to explore? What skill are we trying to build? What ideas are we trying to get kids to explore by using the experience that we are building? And one thing that I want to encourage you to use with both kids that are resistant to sensory and seeking out sensory experiences is questions. Questions allow kids to explore. They allow kids to experiment. They allow kids to test. And by asking questions, you're allowing kids the power to use their own thought process to either dive headfirst into an experience or take small steps closer and closer to fully engaging in any given experience. So if you have a child who is resistant to sensory experiences, you can build conversations around the experience by asking questions that explore, well, why don't you want to engage with this experience? What do you think it's going to feel like? What are you afraid of? And by getting kids to verbalize these ideas, you're going to start to build their confidence around knowing what to expect and around the idea that they can control the experience based on how they engage with it, whether they go in full force or they take tiny steps to slowly introduce the experience. So tools that you can use to introduce 
sensory and get kids engaged is a very long and seemingly never-ending list. But I'm going to talk about some of my favorites and the ways that you can use each of these tools to engage a sensory experience as well as learn and build new knowledge and build new skills all at the same time. So the first one is Play-Doh. I love to get kids to play with Play-Doh. And Play-Doh by its very nature is a sensory experience. You can make all kinds of Play-Doh. You can make mint Play-Doh. You can make coffee scented Play-Doh. You can make Kool-Aid Play-Doh. You can make plain Play-Doh that has no smell. You can make glittery Play-Doh. There are millions of Play-Doh recipes out there that you can use to facilitate the specific needs of the children that you are interacting with. Play-Doh, though, is a great learning tool because Play-Doh, from the moment you begin using it, you're engaging your sensory and small motor skills, whether you're squeezing it or you're rolling it or you're stacking it in pieces or you're pressing cookie cutters into it, you're building small motor skills. But as you are building these skills, you, the children are also learning because they're learning how to use their small motor skills, but they're also learning cause and effect. That if they manipulate the Play-Doh a certain way, they're going to grow a snake or they're going to create a ball or they're going to make shapes based on the type of cookie cutter that they choose to use. And by injecting conversation and questions and exploration into these activities, you're gonna build kids' language, you're going to expand their knowledge base, <coughs> excuse me, all while engaging them in play, which is by its nature, a enjoyable experience. Now, you can use Play-Doh as a sensory experience from the very beginning by creating the Play-Doh. Cooking, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, is one of my favorite forms of activities to use with kids pretty much on every topic because there's so much learning and skill building that is involved in cooking that you really do touch on every subject area as you engage in a cooking activity. 
as well as the building of knowledge as kids explore food and math and skills and gain understanding of why we go through the process that we do and how things, ingredients in this case, interact with one another. They're exploring science and they're also using their creativity. So allowing kids to help in the process of making the Play-Doh is a great sensory experience as well because they're going to do a lot of visual observation. They're going to do a lot of hands-on exploring as they're stirring and pouring and measuring. But they're also engaging their senses as they're observing how the Play-Doh comes together as you add in each ingredient. And they're going to notice the texture changes as well as the scent changes as you add in ingredients that give a flavor or a taste if you choose to use edible Play-Doh. Cinnamon applesauce is one of my favorite edible Play-Dohs and it is just what it sounds like. Cinnamon applesauce and I mix in a little bit of flour just to help hold it together. So the next sensory experience is water. Water lends itself to so much science exploration. You can talk about the stages of water. You can use water to create music. You can explore what we use water for, what, where water comes from. And you can also explore who lives in water and why they choose to live in water. And all of these things are great science activities that lend themselves perfectly to play. Water, again, by its very nature, is a sensory experience because it has a specific feel. And you're going to experience different things based on the different ways that you're going to use water. So maybe you're going to use water to pour it into containers, as I said, to make different sounds. And you're going to explore the sounds that water, make, water makes at different levels. And that by itself is an enjoyable sensory experience because kids are fully in control both, both of how deeply they engage with the water, but also they're in control of the outcome of the activity. So they're free to explore the water as they feel comfortable. So I would encourage you to explore water as a sensory experience with the kids in your life. The third that I wanted to touch on is dance. We 
don't always think of dance as a sensory experience. But dance is a great way to practice rhythm, practice body movement control, and it is a sensory experience as kids are able to explore how their body feels when they engage in certain movements or they move at certain rhythms. And this can be a great sensory learning experience that helps kids learn to control their body movement. And dance can help kids learn to control their emotional reactions as well. Another sensory experience that I like to encourage people to use both for learning and building skill sets like sensory processing is heavy work tasks. And you can choose any heavy work task that your child shows interest in. By using heavy work tasks, you're going to build your child's confidence in their ability to do a new task and to explore new experiences and new skills. So one of, actually I'll give you two examples of heavy work experiences or heavy work tasks that I talk a lot about. One is gardening or yard work. By allowing kids to engage in this kind of heavy work, they are burning off excess energy, which helps them focus and allows them to concentrate on learning and practicing subjects or learning new ideas. Kids will feel a sense of pride as they engage in gardening and yard work as they will start to realize that they were responsible for either accomplishing a task or making something new happen. And that's the exciting thing about introducing kids to gardening is that they take a sense of pride in caring for plants from the initial planting all the way to the production of usable food or a productive flower or the maturity of a tree or whatever you choose or they choose to create a garden around. Another favorite heavy work task that I like to use to engage sensory processing through as well as learning new information and practicing subjects is construction. Both construction and gardening are great for exploring science and science concepts. 
as you engage in sensory processing experiences. But construction also requires math, heavy work, listening, and teamwork. And it involves having, having an idea and needing to use critical thinking to bring that idea to life through breaking a larger task down into small steps and figuring out what small steps you need to take in what order to bring your idea to life. And construction involves a lot of weighing, a lot of pouring, a lot of measuring, and a lot of motor skills, both large and small. The last two sensory processing activities I want to encourage you to use to introduce kids to the concept of exploring sensory experiences are the following. Obstacle courses. Obstacle courses that are built around sensory experiences. So you build an obstacle course around giving kids a sensory challenge and they have to complete that challenge by going through a specific obstacle. So they have to dig through slime for something or they have to dive under the water to collect X amount of fish. You can be as creative as you want to be with the challenges and the, the sensory experiences that you want to tie together. I love obstacle courses because it's a great way to get kids moving, but tying sensory experiences into the obstacle courses is a great way to expose kids to sensory processing as well as practicing listening and problem solving skills amongst many other skills. Another great sensory processing experience is scavenger hunts. Scavenger hunts can involve lots of subject learning, whether it's language development, science, math. Uh, the subject choice is really entirely up to you, as is the theme that you build your scavenger hunt around. And the whole idea is to get kids to explore new spaces, to use their critical thinking, to work through clues, to determine where it is they're going and what it is they're trying to discover. So that leads us to our challenge for this week. And my challenge for you is this. How can you use play to engage sensory processing experiences to build new skills and explore new learning ideas. I hope you will share your solution to this challenge 
with me, you can find me on social media, or you can reach out to me through the Creative Classroom, which I will be sure to link to in the description of this episode. It's a completely confidential space where you can reach out to me, you can ask me questions, and you can participate in our weekly challenges by submitting your answers where only I will see them. I really hope you guys will do this because I love to learn from you guys as much as I hope that you enjoy learning from me, both through my social media outlets and this podcast. So on that note, I want to thank you for joining me this week, and I hope you will join me next time when we will explore a new learning and skill building topic through play. I'll talk to you guys soon.